0: we use and we're Auburn Bank phone line right now to catch up with a longtime friend of the program a good personal friend as well it's our buddy Brandon Marcello from 24 7 Sports here joining us on today's program Brandon we appreciate the time how you doing today
1: doing good JJ how are you man
0: very well thank you for asking glad to get you back here on the program as uh, here we are a few days shy of June but uh, as is the norm we we rarely have any off season in this day and age in college football do we?
1: No, in fact, I was talking yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> football is year-round in the sense that there's always. I, I've got a, I my own calendar built in. We're in right now what I call business season, which is the month of May and uh, a little bit of June, where we're having all these spring meetings with these conferences, and this is when kind of decisions are made and the future of of the sport are kind of laid out as well.
0: So we take a look at some of those decisions that are being made, and obviously at the SEC level, that's where we've got the biggest focus. Here in Auburn, we know a couple of teams are set to join the league and that sort of thing. So just kind of catch us up to speed on on what exactly is taking place in those schedule conversations.
1: Yeah, scheduling is going to be the big thing. that's going to be discussed at SEC spring meetings next week uh, in Destin. And, of course, it's going to be a lot more talk as well about NIL and recruiting calendars and everything, but scheduling is priority number one. I'm not so sure that there will be a decision reach of any any sort of official vote, but they are looking at a couple different scheduling models. One is an eight-game schedule. Another is a nine-game schedule. And it appears that both would scrap divisions uh, no matter what, though that is yet to be formally discussed or even presented, but it appears that's going to the wayside. Um, and also the idea that there will be pods also appears to be out of the conversation. So we're looking at an eight-game schedule potentially with one permanent rival and seven uh, teams rotating every other year, or not every other year, but seven teams rotating. Um, and then, of course, uh, the nine-game schedule is a little bit different. It's three permanent rivals and then six teams rotating through there on your schedule Um, those are the two main uh, formats they're looking at and that's what they'll discuss they'll look at that and see what the future holds what'll be interesting really to me is to see if they're able to kind of reach some type of consensus or general agreement before uh, uh, actually having say ou and texas's representation Uh, vote on it potentially but either way this is something that would not go into effect till at least 2025 which is when Texas and OU are currently scheduled to join the conference but um, there's really not really a push to get this done at the spring meetings it's very possible that uh, they, they just reconvene at some other point when everybody's got their ducks in a row and exactly what they want this rotation to look like but Those are the two big uh, presentations, I should say. Um, And then, of course, there's going to be some other things. I know there was a report out there earlier this week. I think it was this week, maybe last week, about does the SEC conduct its own postseason playoff and all this. That's a lot of uh, big-time hypothetical type of conversations that will be had behind closed doors of these spring meetings when it comes to football but um i'm not expecting any huge decisions so listen these are kind of unpredictable that could certainly change if they all get in the same room and go hey i think we should go to nine games let's do that let's at least vote and say let's go to nine games we'll figure out the logistics and the teams and everything after that but you know uh, at least at this point it certainly seems like things are narrowed down and Simply put, uh, there's going to be a lot more variety in scheduling uh, for teams in 2025 and beyond.
2: So, so, Brandon, I'll start with with this question and then I do want to do a, a follow up about Oklahoma and Texas in particular, talking about the eight game versus nine game model. Of course, this is something that the league uh, and people around the league have talked about for a long time because some of these Power Five conferences have had nine game schedules, but the SEC has continued to do eight while maybe some of its coaches, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Nick Saban has said nine games would be appropriate in the past and, and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, I mean, what, where do you think the, the evolution of this conversation has gone to in the nine game versus eight game debate? Because obviously that, that's going to be what ultimately happens here is it we'll have one and, set, and seven rotating or we'll have three common and, and, and six rotating just based upon um, the, how even the numbers work here versus eight versus nine games.
1: Yeah, I think what we're moving toward here is because the SEC is expanding in addition to the college football playoff will expand at some point Um, And over this last year, we've gotten into this situation where these commissioners went from let's work together to "oh, now let's go back in our own bunkers because none of us can really agree on anything, that you're trying to just protect the SEC. And for that matter, the ACC is trying to protect the ACC, the Big 12, et cetera. And so they're looking at like, let's look at a World where we're the only conference that quote unquote exists. What makes us stronger? Well, we play each other more often and we don't go give $500,000 or a million dollars to another school just to have an extra game and a week off or whatever. We want to make more money. We want to be stronger uh, in the nation's eyes. Um, So let's play each other more often. Let's take advantage of our own product, our own content. Um, what makes the SEC network more money? Well, more SEC games, not more buy games, so to speak, where you're pay- playing the non-conference opponent. That's a group of five schools. So that's what, a lot of all that has really produced this talk to where we went from, goodness, two, three years ago of you know nine games was being discussed, but it was really a non-starter for a lot of people to now the point where Hey, it just makes sense. and maybe we should look and expand beyond that. Should we do our own postseason you know playoff format? Forget the rest of college football right now because no one knows what the future holds for college football and whether the playoff will be in existence in the sense that will be a twelve team one or an eight team one will be automatic qualifiers for every power five conference. What does that look like? Um, so instead of worrying about everybody else, you got to worry about yourself and the ACC is doing that. The SEC certainly doing that. And so, simply put, boil that all down: the more SEC games, the better. And in the end, I think that unless something changes on a national level, uh, where we start seeing some things streamlined and a lot of agreement come in place, you know, nine-game schedules are going to become the norm uh, across the country. And then also, um, you know, you're going to see much more of a regional thinking. Uh, among these power conferences, um, until uh, maybe they're able to all get in a room together themselves after they figure out their own situations and go, "Hey, let's work together and do our own postseason playoffs." So, for example, no one being long-winded here, but I talked to a couple of ads and the idea, some of the ideas thrown out there are, you know, let's do our own playoff maybe in the SEC, but also let's pit our champion in that playoff against the champion of say the Big Ten. Would the Big Ten be on board with that? They don't know, but they certainly would be willing to kind of at least push it out there. And again, it just all comes back to what helps them out. But, you know, if they they want to pitch it to the Big Ten or the Big Ten vice versa, uh, you know, and there's money to be made, why not try to do it?
2: Yeah, I mean, huge conversations here taking place, conversations that have not taken place, if ever, at least not in a long time. But my other question for you, Brandon, and like I said, kind of revolving around Oklahoma and Texas, uh, originally, I mean, this Oklahoma and Texas feels like like what has started all this. I mean, their movement is, is huge for the sport and for all, all of collegiate sports, but especially, obviously, football. And uh, the thought has always been, you know, 2025, is, the Big 12 is just not going to let them leave period but but there was a a thought that maybe Oklahoma and Texas just forced their way out or or the SEC would aid aid with it and that sort of thing we've seen other teams kind of break their contracts maybe a year sooner in some of these smaller leagues and go ahead and, and they're going to start this process a year early is it still firm that 2025 is going to be the earliest we see Oklahoma and Texas or do you think there's still any way that the those two get released a year early per se
1: yeah, that's the latest they'll, they'll be able to join the conference, but it's certainly possible they could join earlier. But, that's again, that's that's a money issue. Uh, they don't want necessarily have to pay, pay the buyout uh, to get out of their grant of rights. And, um, you know, if they want that lesson, the Big 12 has shown that they are not willing to negotiate down. Now, again, we're in such a state of flux right now in college sports anyway, but the Big 12 is about to lose its commissioner and they're searching for a new commissioner. And with a new commissioner comes new ways of thinking. So the new commissioner is like, you know what? You only have to pay 50% of your buyout if you want to get out earlier. Now the SEC is perfectly fine just sitting there going, we don't need Texas and OU until 2025, let them play through there. But if Texas and OU are sick of sitting in that room with the big 12 and being pushed out of certain conversations of decision-making and they're kind of impotent here for the next three years, Maybe they would make a move, but I don't see the SEC office trying to get Texas and OU to join them sooner. I think they're perfectly fine with just sitting there until 2025 until uh, this all becomes official.
0: Brandon Marcello is our guest on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. You can follow him on Twitter at BMarcello. So we've exited the spring portion of the calendar, spring practice, spring football, and that sort of thing, and a lot of people turn their attention to the transfer portal immediately following that. Nationally, a really big story with wide receiver Jordan Addison leaving Pittsburgh and looking for a new home. Where are we at in the transfer portal saga, Brandon? Has this kind of calmed down? Is it going to be that way, or or will there be another surge?
1: Yeah, no more surges. It should, that, that should pretty much do it. You know, the deadline has passed for people to be, for players to be immediately eligible. Uh, if they want to be immediately eligible, their next spot, they had, they had to have already joined the portal, and that date's passed. So, you know, there's going to be some players that join, and some of them will try to get a waiver from the NCAA to be immediately eligible, but there's not going to be any more big waves. Of course, there are still players in the portal that are available. A lot of them, and a lot of schools need, have roster spots to fill. So, for example, Florida and USC always come to mind right now. USC uh, very much still below the scholarship limit. Florida as well. They're trying to add players, trying to you know obey the rules in that sense when it comes to scholarship limits and also how many players can count back in their signing class. So, uh, you know, USC. I think they're going to add a few more, same with Florida, but um, you're not going to see any really huge fish joining that portal or, for that matter, making any moves and, and signing with anybody like we saw here in the last couple of weeks with Jordan Addison.
0: As we sort of shift our conversation to Auburn here locally on the plains, of course it's a fan base that you know very well from all your years uh, with the Auburn Undercover Crew, Brandon. Or we learned today that that Penn State game in the third week of the season is going to be at 2:30 on CBS, not a night game like the Tigers' trip up north to take on the Nittany Lions a season ago. Several Auburn fans a little bit grumpy about the fact that it's not a night game, but talk to us a little bit about this decision and how you thought about the idea of Auburn and Penn State being in the afternoon slot
1: yeah it's like it makes sense and and pretty predictable considering TV contracts Penn State has that deal um, to where their prime slot is in prime time so that game went to prime time Uh, the SEC's prime slot right now in this TV contract is the afternoon with it being the SEC on CBS so Uh, That Penn State-Auburn game, no surprise, in the afternoon. So pretty predictable to see that coming. Uh, I wouldn't be too upset about it because it is what it is. It's written in the stars, so to speak. We all saw this coming because of the TV contracts, and um, I'm sure Jordan-Hare Stadium is going to be rocking anyway. Um, Been to plenty of amazingly uh, loud games in the afternoon there in Auburn.
0: Has the dust settled on the Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher saga?
1: Publicly, yeah, but privately and, and behind the scenes, it'll rage. I mean, and still, it still is raging. And for that matter, you know, I think more than anything, what, with that public spat just shows you exactly what these coaches, or so not all of them that pick of each other, but listen, like any uh, work environment or anything like that, or could comp, especially in competition, Uh, Not everybody likes each other, and sometimes they put on a public face and act like there's nothing going on or just out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, for the...
0: Just lost connection there with Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports. We'll try to get him back here in just a moment, but uh, it is interesting to kind of get his take on that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban debate.
2: Yeah, no, obviously that was a big conversation last week. Um, uh, it, I'm sure it will continue to be because of obviously the nature of these two schools and and uh, everything that will go into the October game and that sort of thing and, and Alabama and A&M will, will be a night game and it will, it will be a, a, a game in which, should be highly competitive, but at the same time, a and still got question marks on their roster. They, they bring in this historic recruiting class, and and uh, it was an incredible recruiting class, but also they've got to develop that pretty quickly, and so everyone will be looking forward to that game. So, yeah, I think the conversation between Jimbo and, and Nick Saban will, will continue, and, and now we've uh, we've got Brandon Marcello back on to uh, continue to talk a little bit about that Jimbo and, and Nick Saban feud there.
1: Yeah, they just it's private talk that made it public and uh, I don't think that this necessarily is something that' uh just you know popped up in the matter of the last few weeks or even few months uh, that, that uh, they put they got some truth serum uh, in their in their in their system and they, they they were out in public for the first time so you know listen uh, coaches don't all love each other and or even like each other uh, but they uh respect each other in the process enough to not uh, go out there and say some weird things so that they might not sound like fools but just like anybody else they're human and they, uh, they have feelings and sometimes more rarely now though when it comes to major college football does that come to light but uh, boy did it come to light last week
0: yeah no kidding that was kind of crazy to watch it all unfold that way Brandon it's always a pleasure to catch up with you I know that we can probably snap our fingers the next thing you know it will all be in Atlanta gathering for the SEC media days looking forward to seeing you once again tell folks a little bit about the the stuff that you're working on right now for 24/7 sports
1: yeah I'm kind of just prepping for um, spring meetings and getting into that and getting to see all the coaches and the ads there and uh It'll be interesting uh these business meetings might sound boring and they can be especially when you're sitting in the lobby for hours waiting for people to come out but um always some very interesting things uh, to discuss and uh looking forward to it
0: is that what that is for you brandon is it really just showing up and just waiting yeah. for someone to walk by wow
1: yeah yeah the acc spring meetings i was at two weeks ago and you're just sitting in a hotel and waiting for people to walk out and uh twiddling your thumbs and trying to do work in between and <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's quiet for three hours. Sometimes it's a mad rush where there's like 50 people you're trying to catch, it seems like, for over a two- or three-hour period, and you can't get to everyone because you're literally just sitting in, sitting out there, and then all of a sudden, you know, 14 coaches come popping out of a room after a meeting, and you're trying to grab who you can, and some of them don't want to talk. Some of them do want to talk. Some of them want to talk off the record. Some of them have more interesting things to say. Uh, some are boring. Some uh uh or running off and trying to talk to just one person or two people it's
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's boring uh to hear that but it's uh it's uh, it's just i enjoy it
0: yeah and and we love peeling back the curtains and hearing the great stories that you have we'll save some of those for off the record and off the year brandon it's always a pleasure to catch up are you looking forward to stranger things coming out on friday
1: yeah it was it coming out this week i yeah. didn't know that wow sneaking yeah, up on us I, I guess I've been out of, out of the loop. Yeah, I guess. It's been gone for so long, I don't even remember what happened on the show. But yeah, Every
0: episode greater up. than an hour. I'm, I'm preparing you, Brandon. It, it has <laughs> oh, gotten my. lengthy coming out on Friday. So,
1: Whoa, I don't know. Oof.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, always good to catch up with you. We'll talk again soon, okay?
1: All right, see ya.